I was talking with a friend the other day, I think it was at soccer practice, I don't really remember, uh, but we were talking about sort of like our family histories and where we'd grown up and all that kind of stuff. And I was like, well, you know, I moved around a lot as a child. We, I lived here and I lived here and I lived here and I named all the places that I lived and all the different schools that I'd gone to. And um, she turned to me and almost apologized to me and said, you know, I've, I've lived right here my entire life. And my mother has lived here her entire life. And, you know, I think my family lives, has lived in this region for, you know, 100 years, 200 years, 300 years. And she was almost apologetic about it, like there was something wrong with that. And I turned to her and I said, you know, I'm really jealous of that. I'm really jealous of that rootedness that you have. I mean, I have... Um, you know, I have a family history, but um, even in West Virginia, when you grew up in a coal camp like my grandfather did, or in a lumber, yard, lumber camp like my grandmother did, um, they didn't really keep, like, written records. Most of them couldn't read and write. Um, so there's no family history. It doesn't go on past, really, my great, like, what's been told to me. But there's no rootedness there. You go from one coal camp to another. You go from one lumber yard to another. My family came over on a boat from somewhere, and we're not real sure. Um, but there's no rootedness to that. And I said to her, you know, like, the fact that you have that, that support, that rootedness, that connection, a place where you know that you belong is a gift. And yes, you should travel and you should see the world, but it really is a gift that you have a place where you know that you belong. But then I got to thinking that it's not just places that we belong to. We belong to people, too. In fact, the places don't hold the memories. They don't have the power for us. They aren't as important for us if it weren't for the people that populated them. And so while I didn't have that rooted experience, and I can't say that that was my family homeland, well, I can, but um, I'd have to travel. <laughs> while I don't have that rootedness, I don't have that gift of a long history in one place and, and that kind of thing, what I can say is that I was gifted a sense of belongingness to a family. Because when you move from place to place, we spent, I think maybe four years was our longest stop in my childhood. When you move a lot, what you find is that you belong more strongly to your family. Because that's really all that you have. The only thing that continues with you. And the other place that I always knew that I belonged was at church. Whenever we moved, the first thing my parents would do is go and look for a church. And my family has been Presbyterian since the ark. Um, they were Swiss. They were Huguenots. They sat literally at John Calvin's feet. We've been Presbyterian since the beginning. And so they, of course, always went to the Presbyterian church in town first. But it didn't always fit. The people weren't always as welcoming as they might have been. And so we spent some time at a Nazarene church. We spent some time at a Baptist church. We spent some time at a Methodist church. My mother tried to make us go to the Catholic church for a while, but it was too early, and so we revolted. <laughs> and so we found a place to belong. We found a church family to belong. And it was always the place where we were the most quickly welcomed into the community. We knew that if we 
couldn't make friends in other places, if we were never really part of the fabric of the community, we could be part of the fabric of the church. And not the building, not the walls and the floors. We didn't pay money to put up the stained glass windows. We didn't do that. But we were there. We were there every Sunday, almost. Every Sunday. In fact, the most trouble I ever got in was the Sunday where my friend and I, who was the pastor's daughter, um, <laughs> snuck out of Easter morning service to hang out in the choir room, right? It's not like we left church, right? I know, right? Oh, I was grounded for months. <laughs> we always found a place to belong. And I think the biggest crisis in our society right now is that people don't belong to things. People don't belong. I read a study recently that the loneliness epidemic has gotten so critical, so critical, that they don't have enough places to put people who are going to the hospital, going to the hospital for mental health reasons because of their acute loneliness. They don't belong. They don't belong at church anymore. They don't feel like there's a place for them to be at church anymore because they've moved away. Or there's not a place, a family, for them to belong to anymore because the family is not what it once was, and often families can also be toxic. People don't belong to civic groups. People don't belong to other things. And we all know who have been in a place where we belong how important those connections are. Our kids don't even really belong to things at school. I noticed the other day we were talking, I went to um, the West football game, um, and when I was in high school, there was, two, there was like 200 people in our band, right? 200 people in our band. It was a competition. Everyone wanted to be in the band. If you couldn't play football, you were in the band. And there were like 30 kids in the band. So where do those kids go, right? They go home to their phones where they don't belong. Or they're given messages on the internet that tells them they won't belong unless they look this way or act this way or talk this way. If you don't have a cell phone, I've been told, in sixth grade, that you will literally be bullied and ostracized for not having a cell phone. It's a crisis in this world. And there are people who are stepping up to fill in the gap. There are places that are stepping up to fill in the gap and none of them are healthy shouldn't say none of them, many of them are unhealthy. People will find a place to belong. There's just not that many of us who can be isolated and live a life by ourselves. People will find a place to belong, and what they're finding is often just as bad and toxic as you would imagine, because they need a place. They need people who say, yeah, come on in. You're welcome here. It's a crisis, and we can see all the downstream effects of that. We've been living in the downstream effects of that, and it only got worse during the pandemic, where things became so divisive and so hateful and so awful that we no longer could be able to talk to one another, not in a way that actually let us listen to one another or a way that respected one another, and so things have just gotten worse, and people need a place to belong a place that opens its arms and welcomes them, a place which says we are not interested in 
we're not going to count against you anything. If you can believe whatever you think, not that it doesn't matter, but that we're willing to accept you as you are and have that conversation with you, the hard conversations, the one that challenges us to rethink our positions on things. And as I was reading today's passage, it reminded me that the reason the Bible is so full of these genealogies is to remind the readers of the Bible that you are engrafted into a family that is ancient and old and which everyone belongs to. Everybody belongs to it. If you read these genealogies and actually trace these names down, this is the first one, but there's 11 genealogies in Genesis. The Gospel of Matthew starts with a genealogy to trace Jesus back to Adam. And the reason this is important is because somewhere in that family tree is somebody who looks just like you. Somewhere in that family tree is somebody who's just like you. Maybe you are 962 years old, or you feel that way. Maybe you are the youngest daughter of a family of 14, and everybody forgets your name and just says, and other daughters. Maybe you are a leader who is struggling with the weight of leadership. Maybe you are a leader who makes choices which send you outside of what is acceptable leadership. Note King David. You are a part of that story because somebody in that story is just like you. And the reason the genealogy traces all the way through all those things is because it's important for us to see that you have a place to belong. In God's family... This is a challenge for us. It's an opportunity for us. It's a place where we get to say, yes, you are welcome here. And I don't need to tell you this because I've told you this before, but the one word that people use for the church is exclusive. And it breaks my heart. Because the one place the church should not be, the one thing the church should not be is exclusive. And so it's a challenge for us to consider what are we doing, what can we do to spread the gospel, the gospel which says you are welcome, you are loved by God, you are welcomed here. You don't need to turn to these places which are giving you false messages. You don't need to belong to this group which is asking of you things that you should not have to give. You are bigger and more important than that. You have a place. And it's harder to do these things. It's harder to evangelize when you are so rooted. When you've moved from place to place, it's pretty easy to make friends because you're used to it. But when you've grown up with a built-in friends and family network, it's a little bit harder. And so it is a challenge for us to step outside of that box and to answer the call of God, which says, you are welcome. You are part of the story of God. You are part of that genealogy, whether your name is Betty or your name is Methuselah. You're all welcome here. And that is what we are challenged to do, to open the doors and to go outside and to say to the people we know, you know people in your life who are lonely, you know them. To say, I love you. You are welcome here. Maybe not here, literally in this place, but you are welcome in the family of God, and what can I do to help you get there? We Presbyterians for too long have taken for granted that message of belonging. 
And if we really want to live into the gospel of Jesus Christ, we are called, we are challenged, we are demanded by God to spread the good news of the gospel, which says you belong and you are loved. So, you know, go out there and do that, please. Amen.